Well, good morning. It's a good atmosphere here today. You guys come to praise Him today? You come to worship Him today? Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning and bless Him. Blessed be your name, the land that is plentiful, with streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, when I found in the desert place, so I walked through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name, when the sun shining down again, when the world's all that it should be. Blessed be your name on the road with suffering. The path is the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take Let me hear you sing. Blessed be the name. All right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your. 
I'ma sing one more time. Sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Give the Lord a praise. God bless you. We bless you today. Hallelujah. Go ahead and have a seat this morning. Hallelujah. You guys sound great today. You brought your singing voices. That's good. Anybody dealing with allergies and coughing? And Yeah, okay. So if you hear a lot of coughing today, it's all of us. There's a lot of people out sick. And I also want to say congratulations to all those that attended Wednesday night for our new uh, Bible study experience, God. I want to encourage you uh, to continue working on your memory verse for the week and also your uh, five devotionals that you have. And uh, that's Wednesday nights. If you'd like to hop in and join us, just let me know and I'll get you a workbook. We'd love to have you. It's a great time on Wednesday. Thank you to uh, Lionel and Brenda for a senior's dinner. I heard that went well. <laughs> Wonderful. It was funny, I was telling Deb, I came out, and uh, I had just laid down for a little bit, and she was out, and I thought, I got a little bit of time, and we woke up at 8 o'clock, and we, missed we slept through the seniors' dinner. I felt so bad. Deb's like, what? You ever wake up, and you don't know where you are, or what day it is? Yeah, that's the way we were, so apologize for missing that. Hey, um, and then this coming Sandwich Sunday on May 7th, which I'm excited about because Cinco de Mayo is on the 5th, which means we get to have Mexican food on the 7th for Sandwich Sunday, and I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy's excited. And then uh, I just want to remind you of a couple of things. Online, we have a ton of resources. There's a great, uh, if you go to our website at mtzchurch.org, there's lots of ways to contact us. There's all kinds of statements of beliefs and, and what we believe in at this church. There's also, uh, you can sign up. Uh, the best way we can communicate to you is through announcements on Sunday, through um, the bulletins on Sunday, and then we have our newsletter that goes out every Friday through your email, and you can sign up for all of that at mtzchurch.org and sign up for a newsletter. It's really, we, we try to communicate every way we can, and uh, that's a primary way, so I encourage you to sign up for the newsletter. And also, speaking of resources, Virgie has blessed us for, for months now, if not a couple of years now, of, I want to remind people of the resource table we have in the back. As you walk out on your right side, Virgie has put together a table full of free resources, whether it's prayers or how to pray or spiritual warfare, or if it's testimonies or her book letter, letters from prison, or whether it's a Bible you need, it's all back at that table. She works hard every week keeping that updated, and uh, she's got tons of life verses there. Really, if you look at that table, it speaks of Virgie's walk with Christ. It really is, and it's, a, and it's been a great walk. It's gotten her through everything in life, and we praise God for her. But I want you to know that she works hard on those, those resources. They're free. Yeah, we have a little donations box there. It just helps pay for some of the costs of the, uh, of the stuff that we put out there. But reality, take a resource. We want to get Bible. Re this is the Mount Zion Church home version. And we want you to make sure you have a home version of church with you. Because how many know this is just a refueling station? Amen. 
This is just a place to get fed so we can, uh, so we can send you as Jesus sent his disciples. And so I encourage you to check out that resource table. Am I forgetting anything, Lionel? No? Okay. So now you want the five minutes? It's five minutes, you know. It's five. Okay. Okay, let's all stand to our feet and take five minutes to meet and greet one another and to help you.
it's just church. It doesn't matter. It does. Fellowship is worship. Fellowship is worship. Fellowship is worship. I have to keep telling myself. There is such a wonderful spirit here today. I love being in church when it's like this. I'll tell you something. I, I say it a lot, but I do. I love being in church, and I love hearing noise, and I love hearing people talking, and it, it's just a great spirit. It was fine. I was just turned into Steve, and I said, I wish people knew how much the atmosphere of church is dependent on all of you. You know, I can come in here in a good mood or a bad mood, and, and you know, but if you guys are all here ready to worship, ready to praise, ready to, get, to learn the word, let it open up to whatever God has for you today, believe me, the Holy Spirit loves that and moves in that. And I know I do too. I love hearing it and seeing it and being part of it. And so I just want to encourage you today. Keep that spirit up today. Let's not, let's not waste today. Jesus could come back today. You know, and, and do, does he want to catch us doing church um, kind of with a half attitude? Is that how I can say it? <laughs> do church with, with half an effort? Or do we want, to, we want to worship God with our whole heart, our whole souls, our whole mind, our whole bodies? I mean, do we want to give it all to God today? Today, it could be the last chance we get on this earth to give it all to God. Did you ever think of that? I mean, it's amazing what times we live in. I believe our generation is closer to the second coming than any other generation before. And I know, and I know, and I know. And I want to see it, but I also want to go. When I, you know, I was, I was listening to a song, uh, a Rich Mullen song this morning in the, in the shower. And it was all about longing to be at our home, our real home in heaven. And I was like, yeah, I do long to be at home in heaven, but, but I, I, I don't want to go alone. You know what I mean? I want my loved ones there. I want the people that I, that I enter. I want to I be surprised at the people I see in heaven that, that I didn't know, that I didn't know I ministered to or that my life meant something to. You know what I mean? I want to be surprised in that. I want my life to mean something when, when I get to heaven, that eternal fruit up there going, oh my gosh, we're here. You made it. We're here together. Thanks to the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We get to celebrate that today in so many ways, but we get to proclaim it through our song. And some of you are in a place today, whether you're a, and I know I'm going on a little bit, I'm sorry, but some of you are in a place today where maybe you're, you're needing God in a desperate way. You know, that is a great place to be when you are desperate for God. And so just cry out to him today. Just allow him to work in you today. Uh, next week, I'm going to give you a little preview. I'm going to be preaching on uh, how Jesus doesn't come how we expect him to. It never happens the way we expect it. But if we're expectant, if we sit with an attitude of expecting God to do something, and we're open to do it any way you want, God, let your will be done, not my will, as earth as it is in heaven. Amen? I believe God honors that. I really do. So this morning, if we worship him in all these ways, we worship him just now in fellowship. We worship him in praise. We're going to worship him in song. But we also worship him when we listen to the word of God and, and grow in our faith. It says by the hearing of the word, we grow in faith. But we also worship God in our tithes and our offerings as well. Don't we want to give God our best in everything? In everything. So this morning, that's my encouragement to you in, in, your, in your tithes and your offerings 
things. Give with joy and give with reverence and give with worship. Amen? Oh, Father, we thank you that you have provided it all, that you've given us all this. And this whole earth, God, you just said, look, you are going to be the stewards. You're going to be the managers of all that I've created. And so, Father, we take this time to thank you for provision. Thank you that, that most of us online and in this room, we are, we are blessed. We've got food in the fridge, gas in the tank, a roof over our heads. Our loved ones are healthy. And God, we just thank you for that. We thank you that you provide when we don't see it. But we know that right here, right now, today, today, you've given us air to breathe. You've given us people to be gathering with. You've given us a voice to sing unto you. And you've given us finances to worship you in that way as well. So bless this offering. Bless the, 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 the hands that give, God. Bring provision into those that are giving sacrificially on faith today. Bless them indeed, God. And we pray you bless those that are in a need, need situation. They don't know where that, that bill's going to get paid. They don't know how to make that next bill go away. But God, you do, because you own it all. So bless them. Bless them indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The song that we're going to sing, Bring the Rain. Frankly, I've had enough of this wet rain. Now I want the Holy Spirit rain. Amen. But as we worship this morning, I can count a million times people asking me, how can I praise you with all that I've gone through? There's probably not one person in this room who couldn't stand up and testify at some point. How could I praise him when I went through that? But I also, I know some of your stories. And it's easy to praise them when you know what God has done for you. Amen? So let's sing together. Let's magnify his name together. Let's rise and stand in his presence. And let's bless him today. Let's give him all we got today. I can count a million times People asking me how I can praise you With all that I've gone through question just amazes me Circumstances possibly Change you out forever and in you Maybe since my life was changed Long before these rainy days Never really ever crossed my mind To turn my back on you, oh Lord My only shelter from the storm Instead, I draw closer through these times So I pray, bring me joy, bring me peace, bring the chance to be free, bring me anything that brings you glory, and I know there'll be days when this life
pain But if that's what it takes to praise you Jesus, bring the rain Now I'm yours regardless of Clouds that may loom above Because you are much greater than my pain You who made me Suffering your destiny So tell me What's a little rain I want to sing that verse again I don't think I got it Man, think of this verse right here. I'm yours regardless of the clouds that may loom above because you are much greater than my pain. You who made a way for me by suffering your destiny to tell me how what's a little rain. But if that's what it takes to praise you, oh, Jesus, bring the rain. Holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty? Sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty? Is the Lord God Time. Sing holy, holy, holy. You are holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty? Is the Lord God Almighty? Bring me joy. Bring chance to be free. Bring me anything that brings you glory. And I know there'll be 
days when this life brings you pain. But if that's what it takes to praise you, oh Jesus, bring the rain. Jesus, bring the rain. I welcome here. Come 
fill the atmosphere Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for To be overcome by your presence, Lord Your presence, Lord Oh God, how we long for your glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of God, overwhelm us. We long for your presence, oh Lord. We long for you, Lord. You're all I want. Holy, 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 holy. 
the Lord God Almighty. He's the Lord God Almighty. Sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Is the Lord God Almighty. Amen, amen. Give the Lord a praise. You can do that. That's okay. Eva, you are always welcome. I love it. You've never done that before, have you? You've never done that before. Just walk up and pray. What was the worst thing that's going to happen? Oh, what are you doing here? Eva, what are you doing here, Eva Las Vegas? What's going on? Well, I want to pray. What do you mean you want to pray? We can't have that in this. We can't have people impromptively like praying. What kind of church you think this is, lady? I love it. Good for you. I want to encourage you. Good for you. 
You should always, you know, we, we, we do have to do things. Look, when Paul was addressing Corinthian church, man, they were out of order. They were whacked out. They were crazy. We were never out of order in those situations. And Eva, you're never out of order because we know you. And uh, I was kind of waiting. I didn't know what to do, to be honest with you. And then you came up and went, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I like, it's good to wait on God. It's good to wait on him. Well, this morning, uh, listen, I'm going to turn the pulpit over. I want to tell you something. One of the privileges I have, there's, there, and, and believe me, in the ministry, there's a lot of privileges. There really is. I get to be with you guys every week. I get to hang out with you and care for you and shepherd you. And it is an honor, to be honest with you. It's an honor uh, to marry, to bury, and to love. It really is. And uh, I'll tell you something. Um, one of the things I have the honor of is, is in the Constitution and bylaws, it's, it's my fault, uh, this pulpit. It's my fault. If uh, I, I, I am the one, even the superintendent, if he comes, Brett Allen, I love him dearly, Pastor Brett, but he has to get my permission before he can speak at this pulpit. And uh, so I am very cautious. I am uh, protective, sometimes a little too much sometimes. But we live in a world of very deceiving, false teachings. And uh, I think that's probably the number one discussion that Steve Bird and I have is about misconceptions of what really the gospel, the whole gospel is. And it's one of the reasons we are in such agreement as brothers, because we have a passion that you get into this word. A passion to know his word, a passion to live his word. And it's one of the things I love about Steve is, is his passion. So please welcome to the pulpit, Steve Bird. Thank you, Pastor. Well, it's good to be with you here this morning. Where would be a good place to put this so it doesn't bust? This looks expansive. <laughs> no bust not buzz no no that that that's that's pre-christ brother <laughs> well praise the lord it's good to be here this morning with you and it's good to have my mother here this morning uh with me and um i i don't think she understands what a big impact she had on my life as, as a child but if you had a godly mother uh, you know, it really gives you a huge step forward in life. You know, you may not be driving the, the latest sports car or, or having a Learjet, but I tell you what, like the Bible says in Proverbs 31, that a woman who fears God is, is worth more than rubies and everything. And my, my wife's like that. I appreciate that. And that's probably why my, my wife and my mother get along so good. But, um, Mom, it's good to have you this morning. And... Uh, so we're going to talk this morning. Pat, I don't even know when you asked me this. Was it about a month, four weeks ago? Four weeks ago when we were, um, we were still talking about uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit before we went into the Easter season. He asked me if I would preach on the anointing. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, let, let's, um, let's begin with, with a word of prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for this time that we can gather, Lord, still freely in this nation. And we worship you. We thank you, Lord, for the godly heritage that we have as American Christians. Lord, we ask that that would not be taken away. Lord, we ask for revival, Lord, for you to visit your church again in this nation and in this state. God, how we need you. God, in this county, Lord, and in this room. 
Lord, would you come today by the power of the Holy Ghost, touch our hearts, change our lives, give us ears to hear in your precious name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Well, it's been two weeks since Easter, and it seems a little longer than that to me, but it's, it's been two weeks. So if we place ourselves in the, the time frame of the apostles after the resurrection, Jesus is still on the earth. He, he rose from the dead that we celebrated two weeks ago, and then he spent 40 days with them, you know, a month and a, about a week. And uh, 40 days where he was continuing to teach them about the kingdom. And um, then he told them to go in the upper room. He said, tarry in Jerusalem to receive what? Power from on high. Now these are guys that had gone out uh, before previously to minister to the, to, the, to the Jewish community. And they had received of the Holy Spirit when Jesus rose from the dead and he breathed on him, it says, I think in somewhere John 19, 20, 21, when he rose from the dead, he appeared to them and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So how many of you think that when Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit and breathes on you, you probably received the Holy Spirit? Amen? So they received the Holy Spirit right after the resurrection, within a day Maybe, maybe the exact day of the resurrection, Sunday, around noon or so. And yet the Lord continued to teach them about the kingdom. And then before he went back to, the, back to heaven on the Mount of Ascension, he said, go and tarry in Jerusalem because the promise of the Father is coming, which you've heard me speak of. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses. Now, that says that there was more. Right? They already received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them, correct? And yet he's telling them to go and wait in Jerusalem till they receive more. Everyone say more. More of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that was left on the earth to empower the church. To do the will of God. Now I want to open um, this message this morning by reading Zechariah 4, 6. And here's the words that we read. So he said to me, this is the word of Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power. He's talking about human might or power or intellect, we could even say. Education. But by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. Now this next statement is interesting. He says, what are you, O mighty mountain? Before, before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. That means the mountain moved out of the way, right? There was a mountain there that was blocking, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit, it would no longer be able to stand in front of Zerubbabel it would become a level ground. Now, the reason why that passage is interesting is because the children of Israel had come back from Babylonian captivity and they were trying to rebuild the temple. Uh, anybody familiar with this story at all? It's in the Old Testament. They were, the book of Jeremiah talks about, uh, which most of Jeremiah is a real 
tough read because there's not much good news till you get to the end. But um, they had broken the covenant of God, and God said, listen, because of this, you're going to go into captivity to the Babylonians. For 70 years, they were there. That's where Daniel prophesied from. That's where Ezekiel prophesied from. And after 70 years, uh, if, if you look at the book of Daniel, you'll see that Daniel was looking at the prophecies of Jeremiah and realized, hey, the 70 years is about up. And God began to give him visions and dreams of things in, that have yet even, some of them yet to be fulfilled. But they, they're coming back out of Babylonian captivity, and they're still under the old covenant. And so the first thing they want to do is build a temple because they're God's people. And the Lord had told them that, that he would meet with them in the temple. The temple had, of Solomon had been totally destroyed. And they're back there trying to build up the house of God, the temple of God again. And they were meeting with resistance from the enemies that were in the land. There were people trying to discourage them. There were people that were openly hindering them and attacking them. And Zerubbabel, who was the governor, was was saying, who's also a descendant of David, but he wasn't a king, he was a governor of that area because Babylon was still the ruler of the world. And uh, the, he's, he's crying out to God, and he's saying, Lord, we're having trouble here. We're wanting to build a house for your name. We're wanting to create a place where the Spirit of God can dwell, where your people can be blessed, and where we can be a light and a witness to all the other nations of the world. And this is the word that the Lord gave to Zerubbabel. Through the, he says, through the prophet Zechariah, he says this. This is the word of the Lord. That what you're facing cannot be overcome by your might or your power or your intellect. But it can only be overcome by the power of the spirit of the living God. And then you almost sense the passion in the Lord, the, almost the anger, when he's saying, the, looking at the obstacles in the, in the way, and he says, what are you, almighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. How? By the power of the Spirit of the Lord moves every obstacle out of the way. Now let's look at this next verse, Isaiah 10, verse 27. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden... Okay, the, the, you know, a burden, how many of you ever read that book? My mother gave it to me as a child, the children's version of it about Pilgrim's Progress. You remember that he's walking around with that burden all the time? Any of you that have ever read that? What was that burden? The sin, the cares of the world, the things that enemies could put on you. He says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away. Where was the burden taken away from Pilgrim in the story of the Pilgrim's Progress? When he went to the cross. If you haven't read this, there's actually, they've made a movie about it that's, that's fairly good to watch. He's carrying around this whole time, this, his name is Christian, and he's carrying around this burden of sin, and an evangelist comes to him and tells him to flee the city of destruction and, and to head out on this path. And as he's going up the mountain of Calvary, he's going to the cross, when he gets to the top and kneels at the cross, the burden falls off. He says, his burden shall be taken off from his shoulder. Now look at this. And his yoke. Anybody ever seen those old movies when they're, 
they, someone in England would get in trouble and they put them in stocks, right? And, and they got the thing on the neck and they're, they're sitting there. You can't do much with that, can you? He says, but the yoke will be taken off of thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Destroyed. Obliterated because of the anointing. And one more verse of scripture. Isaiah, what is it, 61, the next one? Next verse. Wow, that's small print. So some of you, let me encourage you also, get a notepad and a paper uh, next to you and a pen. You're going to want to take some notes. Pastor was telling me he had done kind of a, a quiz among people he knows and around and asked them what the anointing was, and nobody could answer the question. So by the end of this message, you're going to be able to answer that. So Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4, is the passage that Jesus opened up in the synagogue at Nazareth. And this same verse is also listed in Luke 4.16 and following. So I'm going to read it from Luke 4.16. So Jesus went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. And as was his custom, Jesus went to church. Thank you for those good amens. But Jesus went to church. We're living in a strange time. I mean, in the 1950s, if you were a Christian, you went to church. Jesus went to church. And he didn't go because he thought somebody could teach him something. He was God in the flesh. Who's going to teach him anything? Right? But he went to church, as his custom was, and he stood up and read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah as it was handed to him, and enrolling it, he found the place where it is written. And here's the verse in Isaiah 61. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me. There's that word, the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. And here's what, it, here's what the anointing's for. To proclaim good news to the poor. Now that's good, because not everybody's in the 1%. Amen? Y'all know what I mean by the 1%? The 1% of financial people? The billionaires? Aren't you glad it didn't say that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach to the 1%, the Bill Gates, the Elon Musk, the Jeff Bezos? Yeah. Now, we probably don't know personally anybody in that list. I don't. Maybe you do, I don't. So I'm glad that the anointing was put upon Jesus to proclaim the good news even to the poor. And also this, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Now what's interesting is he's reading this in the synagogue. And all, of the, all the Jewish people, they thought they were free. This is, this is where Jesus was trying to get through to them. They were still thinking they're free because they're Abraham's seed. And yet they're being occupied by the Roman army. See, that was their hope for the Messiah. They thought a Messiah would come that would throw off Rome. And Jesus is saying, I'm not here to defeat Rome. I'm here to defeat sin. Because 
I'm here to proclaim freedom or the year of Jubilee when all, this is what the year of Jubilee was. The, proclaiming freedom refers to the year of Jubilee. And the year of Jubilee means that all of your debts are forgiven. Now, I don't know what everybody's financial situation is here. I gave up credit cards many decades ago, but I know some people still have them. And if you, I, I know there are Americans that have got $20,000, $30,000 into debt easy in their credit cards and stuff. Now, imagine if all of a sudden that debt was forgiven. Would you feel relieved? And that's just money. Now, the, what we un, need to understand is, and Pastor and I were talking about this this morning, how there's really, in the American church, there's not much talk anymore, not much preaching about the day of judgment. God, the Bible says Jesus Christ is coming to judge the secrets of men. That's a powerful truth. And that's the message that we have to declare that to, to the world is that there's a day of judgment coming. It's not now. So the good news is, is you can receive the year of Jubilee. You can receive forgiveness from all of your debt, your spiritual debt, because the wages of sin is death, which is separation from God. That's what death means. Death's not the end. I know for a lot of us on this side of death, we think of death's the end. We see the body in the casket. And a lot of us know, and especially in the church, we know that, well, they're somewhere. They're either heaven or hell. There's no in-between place. Depending, not on if they were a good person or not, but depending on what they did with Jesus, who is called the Christ. Pilate said, what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? That's the eternal question. You know, you can live and die and your name never be in the whatever that is, the, the book of who's who. Right? No one may ever know your name. But if you've made the decision to receive what Jesus Christ did at the cross for you. And to take him as your Lord and Savior. I don't know how this got started in America in gospel. That there's some kind of, well, you can... Take him as your savior. You know, if you want to get a little extra radical, you can take him as Lord. He's the Lord. That means a change of hands. Why does it say that when we pray, we should pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, and that includes my life, as it is in heaven. There's nowhere in this gospel where it says you just pray this prayer and you go on living any way you darn well please. And end up in heaven. That is not the gospel. That's a perversion. Yes, it is by grace. You can't earn it. But to think that, that Jesus died for you just to come pray a prayer and go on and live in sin, that's nowhere in this book. There's no rebels in heaven. There's no rebels in heaven. The good news is he wants to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Jesus said, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And if you're a slave to sin, you've got addictions, you've got habits, you've got things you cannot break. That's what the anointing is for. It comes to destroy the yoke. Jesus came to destroy the yoke and the recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free 
and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, you may want to write this down, was instrumental in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus never performed one miracle until he came out of the wilderness anointed with the Holy Spirit. That's a fact. For 30 years, people probably looked at him and knew there was something different about him. I would assume that just knowing Jesus growing up, you'd be like, this kid's different. You know? He played, I'm sure he played ball with the rest of the kids, and the neighborhood kids would see him working in his dad's carpenter shop, but there was just something different about Jesus. But he performed no miracles because that's what the anointing was for. He never ceased to be God. And this is, this is an interesting point. You know, every cult in the world is all about elevating man to the place of God. Even the Mormons believe that, that, that God was once a man that became God. Now, the gospel is that God, seeing man in his sinful state, stepped down to be man. That's totally reverse, isn't it? This is not about, let's see how good we can be to attain something. The fact is that there's none righteous, no, not one. All of our righteousness is filthy rags. And w there was no hope for us. As a result, God in his great love stepped down from heaven and was born of a virgin, totally fulfilled the law. There was one place where Jesus looked at those that were coming against him and said, which of you convinces me of sin? Which of you accuses me of sin? There was not one person who said anything. Could you imagine being able to say that to a crowd? I mean, people that have known you your whole life? Because I can't say that. I could not sit, stand around long-term friends that have known me my whole life or family members and say, which of you accused me of sin? Because there's things to be told. But not with Jesus. He totally fulfilled the law so that he could be the sinless sacrifice that when he died on the cross, he paid our price that we might be set free from sin. But he did no miracle until the Holy Spirit anointed him. Here's what Acts 10.38 says. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So what is the anointing? That's what we're talking about this morning. What is the anointing? The anointing is the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to do and be things that you could not do on your own. It's a supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is an important distinction because the anointing is not the Holy Spirit. It's from, the anointing is from the Holy Spirit. But the anointing is not the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who anoints but the anointing is an empowerment to do and be things that you could not do and be on your own. It's very important. The word anointing from the Greek and the Hebrew that, that's translated into anointing means this. It means to, 
And this is being, uh, this will be on the internet if you want to watch this later, if you miss some of these points. But it means to authorize, to authorize. It's like if you go through the police academy and now you are authorized to enforce the law. Same kind of thing. To authorize, it means to set apart a person for a particular work or service. Now, in the Old Testament, there was even an anointing that came upon the craftsmen to build the temple. You can read about that in, in 1 Kings. But it's always an empowerment from the Holy Spirit to do and be things that you could not do and be before. It's a supernatural empowerment of God to get the job that Jesus and the Father wants done. It destroys yokes of bondage. Jesus said in John 3 that it's like the wind. You can't see it, but you can see the results. It's pretty clear to know when somebody's anointed or not. Just put them up against your normal public speaker. The anointing is different. I've never been trained as a public speaker. In fact, I was a very shy child. And so shy that I'd have my little brother, if I wanted another hamburger, I'd have him go up to order. I was terrible shy. And so, I'm going to come back to that in just a second, but listen to this. Jesus never did what he did in the ministry because he was God, although he was God. Does that make sense? He didn't do it because he was God. Because the Bible says in Philippians 2 that he laid aside, he emptied himself. The theological term is the kenosis. He laid aside. He didn't give them up in the sense that he was no longer God, but he laid them aside and lived his life as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that Jesus had the Spirit without measure. We get the Holy Spirit in measure, which is what I'm going to talk about next. Realize Jesus had the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, without measure. We receive it in measure. How can I say that? Because Jesus was all five of those ministry gifts in one person. He was the apostle. He was the prophet. He was the evangelist. He was the pastor. And he was the teacher. Among the body of Christ, God spreads that out. Does that make sense? So he called some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists. I, you know, it's, it is probably possible that there are different gifting mixes where there's more than one in a person as they grow and mature in the Lord. It takes a lot of time uh, when, when a person wants to introduce themselves as apostle this, I'm, I'm out the door. Handing me a business card saying I'm apostle this or, you know, whatever. If you're an apostle, you don't need to tell anybody, it's going to be seen. Now, in the Old Testament, the next slide, please. This is important. In the Old Testament, there were four people that were anointed. Now, remember in the Old Testament, the anointing was typified by the pouring of oil upon a person. It's not the oil that's the anointing. It's a type. It's kind of like when you do water baptism. Water baptism does not save you. It's not the water that saves you. But it is a symbol of what has happened in your life. Going down in the, I guess we could say the watery grave, so to speak, and rising to newness of life. But 
if, you, if that's not already happened to you, if you've not already been born again, all you do is go down a dry center and come up a wet center. The water doesn't save you. So it's not the pouring of the oil that was the anointing. It was just a symbol and a type. But this is very important. I, haven't heard, I don't know if I've ever heard this like taught before. But, but it's biblical. You find it, this is in the Bible. The first anointing was on the leper who received cleansing to be healed. You remember when Jesus cleansed the leper? He said, now go, he goes, don't tell anybody, just go present yourself at the temple and perform the, the ritual that was prescribed by Moses. Now, I'm not going to go to this, you write this down, Leviticus 14, verse 10 through 18 talks about it. I'm going to explain it to you. But, but check it out so you know I'm, I'm telling the truth later on. Leviticus 14, if there was a leper that was changed, now leprosy was an interesting, terrible, terrible disease. It, it began as a spot, but it would begin to grow and grow and consume your flesh and decay, and it was contagious. So lepers had to live outside the camp, and if somebody got in within a certain amount of distance of somebody, they had to yell out, unclean, unclean. Now, how would you like to live your life like that? Wouldn't that be awful? Right? All of a sudden, you can't live with your family anymore. You've got to leave your wife. You've got to leave your kids. Uh, you definitely cannot have a source of income, except if somebody, you know, you leave a pot over there and yell out, hey, throw some money in the bucket. Unclean, unclean. But there was a provision in the law that was to be made if a leper was cleansed. So leprosy is a type of sin. It is a real disease, but it was a type of sin. In fact, when Miriam, the daughter of Moses, spoke against him, she, leprosy clung to her for like 24 hours or something. So, but, but the point is this. The point is there was a, a ritual that was to be made for the leper that was cleansed of his leprosy. And here's what it was. They would go and take, he was to offer a sacrifice. Now, now again, you didn't do this to get cleansed. You were either cleansed or not. The only person that was ever cleansed by, from leprosy was uh, Naaman the leper in uh, 2 Kings 5 with Elisha, right? Y'all remember Naaman? The Lord told him, or Elisha said, go dip in the river Jordan five times. He was cleansed. There's no, and, and Miriam, by the intercession of Moses, but there's no other leprosies ever that were cleansed. So can you imagine the priest, all of a sudden this guy who had been a leper, everybody knew who he was, and he comes to the temple and his skin is clean. No sores, no anything. I mean, it was so bad. I mean, like your flesh would be rotten off. So when Jesus cleansed them, healed them, he went to the temple because he was cleansed. And this was the ritual. What would happen is they would offer a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice on the altar. And then the leper was to be anointed with oil, which typified freedom from the corruption of leprosy. And it's a type, you want to write this down, it's a type of the sinner who is saved. The first touch of the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life comes when you're born again. That's why 1 John 2, 
I, I don't know. You, you go, just do a Google search. Thank God for Google, huh? In some senses. Better than those old concordances. But, but Google this. The Bible says you have an anointing from the Holy One. He's writing just to, to, to people that are saved. So the first touch of the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our life is when we accept Christ's sacrifice on the cross. We're cleansed from our sin. And the Holy Spirit comes in our life and we're born again. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 21 says this. It is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed you. That's just the believer's anointing. Y'all follow me? These are the types in the Old Testament. And I'm bringing them over, showing them what it means in the New. Because the Old Testament is God's picture book. The New Testament's the reality. Now, the second person that was anointed was the priest. The priest was anointed to minister to God. Why don't you say that with me? Minister. Hey, a little help. Minister to God. That's what the priest would do. They were the ones who were there, that were in the temple daily. They were making sure that the golden lampstand had oil. They changed up the showbread. They offered the incense upon the altar, which was the type of the prayers of God's people to God. And they offered the sacrifices. Now, in Exodus 40, in verse 15, this was what would happen. The Lord says, bring, it wasn't just Aaron, but Aaron's sons, who were the priesthood. Now, let me pause to say, who's the New Testament priesthood? We are. You don't have to have a turnaround caller. The Bible says, know you not, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, speaking of the church. We are supposed to minister to God. Now, that's a big, like, paradigm shift, flip, mind flip for a lot of people. But you don't come to church just to get ministered to by a preacher. See, but we got this. I'm telling you, American Christianity, this whole thing got to be totally overhauled. We need a revival. Because that's what people think. We, we, you know what? What pastor says is the truth. You need to come to church with the attitude of ministering to God. I'm coming to offer my worship to God. I'm coming to offer my financial gift to God. I'm coming to fellowship and encourage my fellow believers. That changes everything. You know, David Wilkerson, some of you probably know who that is. He, he preached a message one time called The Sin of Going to Church Unprepared. Take time. Amen. It, it don't mean just, you know, wake up, you know, an hour before and, you know, you spend all your time getting your face on or, or whatever, whatever guys do. I, you know, for me, it ain't, you know, guys, man, we're like, that's clean. I'll put that on. But take time. Put on some worship music. Talk to the Lord. Read the Psalms. Come with something to offer God. Thank you for those good amens, but that's true. So the second anointing is to give you the ability to minister to God. First anointing is, comes upon you when you are cleansed from your spiritual leprosy by the blood of Christ. Then you're, there, you, you're touched by the Holy Spirit. There is an anointing there, right? If you're truly saved, there is. 
Nobody who's truly saved is trying to hide their light under a bushel. That's impossible. Because people are truly saved in other nations, man, like Iran and stuff, they're, they're put to death for not renouncing Christ. That's real Christianity. God's not judging us on a different level here in America. Real Christianity, you have an anointing from God just because you're cleansed. But there's also an anointing to minister unto God. And that's typified what, uh, by what we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because this is what people don't understand about, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, and let me take you back to when it happened to me. So I was about, uh, man, I don't remember, like 15 or something. And uh, what was strange is I grew up in a Pentecostal church my whole life. And there would be message in tongues, message interpretation, but I never once heard from the pulpit how it would happen to me or if it could happen to me. So I'd be in a church and, you know, Sister Holy Coast would be, you know, praying in tongues. And, you know, I just thought at some point it's going to drop on me. Well, there was, in my youth group, so I was only 15. This kid was uh, like 18, I think. He was in the military there at Fort Ord. And um, a guy from Kentucky. And uh, Dwayne Sheriff, I don't know if he's still alive. Or, or Dwayne Merchant, I don't know if he's still alive. And, um, but he come, we were over at my parents' house in, in the den there. We were sitting on a weight bench. He said to me in his, in his southern accent, he said, Brother Steve, you ever been baptized with the Holy Ghost? And I was kind of like, like the, the, the guys from Ephesus in Acts 19, we've not even heard there be a Holy Ghost. I didn't know what that was. And then he began to explain to me that when you're baptizing the Holy Spirit, the initial physical evidence is speaking in other tongues. And I, he's like, you want that? I said, yeah, of course. I want all of God I can get. I've always been that way. I never pulled up to the pump and said, hey, give me about half a tank of God. I'm like, overflow it, man. I'm serious. That's my whole life. My mother will tell you that. That's been my whole life. I never said, you know, I'm in a hurry. Get, 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 give me four bucks, which is a gallon today, worth of God. I was like, if this is God, it's in the Bible, I want it. So he prayed over me, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So now I'm in church, and when Sister Holy Ghost next to me is raising her hands, praying in tongues, I thought, well, praise God. And I start praying in my language. I thought that was all there is. It was kind of like I, I had my merit badge in the Boy Scouts now. That's all I knew it was. was. And it wasn't until, after, believe it or not, <laughs> Brother Dennis, even in Bible college, they didn't teach us, uh, me anyway, about what I'm about to say. That Jude verse 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You remember when Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you by the laying on of my hands? You know how that's done? Praying in tongues. It's not just to be, because let me tell you what I see a lot. I see people that are like, man, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I want that to happen. And you lay hands on them, they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they pray in tongues. And then that's, that's it. They don't ever pray in tongues ever again. They've totally missed what that anointing is for. 
The baptism in the Holy Spirit is anoint, to anoint you to minister to God. How do I know that? Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For the one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries, divine secrets in the Spirit. You know what? I want to tell you. This is what I was saying, brother. They didn't teach. Did they teach you that in Bible school? Walks of Hashem might have been a lot better in Springfield, but um, let, me, let me tell you what. It wasn't stressed. And then I got an old guy's a tape. How many of you know what a cassette tape is? Anybody? Anybody's old? Yeah, I'm a dinosaur now, bro. But but I had a cassette tape that was about a guy who was uh, he been, he got saved and he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but he read that verse, and he was smoking. He, he wanted to get rid of the smoking. Uh, yeah, he, he was a tongue-talking smoker, okay? But he realized that there's something to this. If I can build myself up on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, he started doing an experiment. So what he did, he would set aside a time. He would set an hour on his egg timer. Remember this old click, click, click. Now we can do it on our phone. But... Do that egg timer, and he would just pace the floor. Just praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. He would do that till the hour was done, then he'd go have a cigarette. No, listen, hey, nicotine's strong, man. Okay, so then when he had a cigarette, he set his egg timer for another hour, okay? And he paced the floor. He had some worship music going, but he would just pace the floor, pace the floor. After a few days of that, that nicotine bondage was broke. And then he noticed he began to move in the power of healing when he prayed for people. You see, when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you think it was just a one-time thing, I said a Hyundai, Hyundai, who stole my bow tie? You missed it. That is meant, that's the priest's anointing for you to minister to God. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this. So in the very first church I pastored, small uh, missionary uh, work, and, uh, you know, I had, I had a lot of time, you know, I wasn't working another job, so I said, I'm going to try this out. So I did my egg timer. I wasn't smoking, but I just decided I want to try, see, I'm going to do an experiment, I'm going to see what happens. And... So I set my timer, and I did the same thing. I went up into the, 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 the top floor, and I would just pray, pray, pray. Now, I did drink coffee, so, amen, God forgive me for that, but I'm doing better. I'm a recovering caffeination person in recovery. But uh, although I did have two shots of espresso before I came in here this morning, so, amen. Confess your faults one to another, amen, that you may be healed. <laughs> But, but I'm up there, so I would pray in tongues for an hour. The timer would go off. I'd go get my cup of coffee, you know, walk around for a little bit, you know. Maybe watch a little bit of Benny Hinn on the t Christian television back then. I don't know what was on. And then I'd go back up, set it again. And all of a sudden, I started noticing when I'd go to the Word, it would, like, leap off. I was getting insight into the Word. So here, I'm going to tell you a story now. So I've been doing this for a while now, maybe a few weeks. And our Bible study, because it was a missionary work out in the country, pioneer work, we'd have the, the Wednesday study would be out at somebody's house. So we're on the way out there. 
And I'm, again, I'm drinking my coffee. And I don't know what we are fighting about. Anybody ever fight on the way to church? I know none of you all. Got in a fight. I got so mad. I pulled this car over. I got out. I smashed my coffee cup on the ground. Now, mind you, I'm probably 20 miles from the house. I turn around. I'm starting to walk. Where are you going? Backs the car up and get in the car. Come on, we got to go to this meeting. And now I'm condemned. I'm feeling condemned. That happened to anybody? Right? You're about to get up and preach, and somebody got you in a foul mood, and you said something. You're like, oh, God. Now I got to preach. Jesus, forgive me. And now you're in the back room trying to get the condemnation off you, which there is no condemnation, but the devil's good at condemning. So I get there, and I did teach my Bible study, and old sister Lita Christie comes up. She's with the Lord now. And she says, Pastor, would you pray for me? I've been having this pain in my neck. I can't give it. And I'm thinking, Sister, if you want to get healed, you should get as far away from me as you can. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm going to do the ministry thing. All right? Get the wall. I put my hand on it, and I'm like, oh, Lord. And all of a sudden, I hear, boom! Hit the wood floor. I'm looking at that hand like... That had never happened before. I'm never going to wash that hand again. She hit that floor, got up, healed. Why? Because I pressed into the priest anointing. I understood that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for me just to, you know, every so often shoot off a phrase in tongues. If you lean into this and you pray in tongues a lot, I mean, listen, if I'm driving in the car and you ever see me, if I'm by myself and my mouth's moving, I'm not nuts. I got my worship music going. I'm talking in the Holy Ghost. And when it's me and my wife, I got the Bible going on in there on tape. Yep, I still got tape. But what am I doing? I'm redeeming the time. I'm not going to sit and listen to the Eagles when I'm on a 20-minute trip. God bless their darling hearts. Or anything else. Most of Christian music on K-Love or whatever, it's not, it's not worship. You know, it's, it's modernized, why me? Lord, why me? So... Invest in what God's given you. If you've, been, if, if you've only had the leper's anointing, if you've been, which is awesome, you're going to heaven. Well, I'm going to say it, hallelujah. I'm glad I'm going to heaven. Because I get killed, I, I could hit a deer on the way home. I won't in Jesus' name. But you never know. Nobody gets out of here alive. And when my day's done and I breathe my last, I know the first face I'm looking at. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I don't want to stop at the leper's anointing. I want to move into the priest's anointing. Now, the net's anointing in the Old Testament was the prophet's anointing. Now, as the priest's anointing was to minister to God, the prophet's anointing is to minister for God. Now, let me say this. A prophet is not so much somebody who tells the future. 
John the Baptist didn't say anything about the future, and Jesus said he was the greatest prophet that ever lived. A prophet is one who proclaims the words of God. It's a mouthpiece for God. It's a person who does the works that I described to you earlier about proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. So we understand that. Now let me say this. Not everyone is called to the five-fold ministry of apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But you know what? If you don't move into this next anointing, you're never going to figure out if you are. You're not. I wonder how many people, when they get to heaven, the Lord is going to say, Hey, you didn't know I called you to be an evangelist? Because let me tell you my story. My, my mother never, ne no one ever pushed me into the ministry at all. My dad, I don't come, it's kind of like Amos. I'm, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet. Fig picker from, fig picker from Tekoa. Now, there, were, there have been preachers in my family line going back, but I didn't know any of them, and I was never told that. But I was raised to love God. It was exemplified in my home. My parents took me to a Pentecostal church, praise God. I said, praise God. I wasn't raised in some place where they said all this has gone and passed. I always knew it was real. But about 17... I got myself a girlfriend, you know, started smooching other stuff that I shouldn't have been doing, and thought that, man, I was a miserable sinner now. Whatever God had planned for my life, you know, was forfeited or something. I don't know what I thought. And, and this was after I had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's why we, we got to do our best, keep teenagers pure, our singles pure, everything, set, set Set the bar for them, encourage them, help them, all that. But um, when I was, right before my 21st birthday, it was funny. I'd been in more bars before I was of legal age than, than once I got 21. I didn't go no more. <laughs> you know, that's how it is in the military. Everyone's got, uh, on a military ID, everybody's head is shaved. Y'all look like McGill of the Gorilla. So one of my buddies gave me his fake ID. I go in and, you know, place of 19, 20. But then, man, I started getting convicted, just getting convicted. I answered an altar call at Faith Tabernacle in Junction City, Kansas. And I went down there, was refilled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I remember, I mean, I, I started going after God. And one of the guys who was the youth pastor in the church came up to me and said, he said, Brother Steve, you, you, don't, you don't think God's calling you to preach? And I was like, no, not me. Maybe teach a Sunday school class or something. Because that was my mentality. And so what happened was the, 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 the pastor got, got sick one day. His, his voice was gone. It was, he was hoarse. And he calls me and he said, because I was working with the youth a little bit. But again, you know, not thinking much. And uh, that God had a call in my life. And um, he said, Brother Steve, would you preach tonight? And I was like, you, you don't have nobody else? He's like, no. He goes, if you don't preach, we're going to have to not have service tonight. I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a run. Well, you know, I had enough, I've been listening to enough of my, my mother's Jimmy Swaggart preaching growing up that uh, I preached a message. My first message I ever preached was uh, 
I will not offer unto God that which cost me nothing. That's what happened when David went up to buy the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. And he was going to give it to him for free. He said, I can't offer to God that which cost me nothing. Think about that. Think about that. That'll preach today. I'm dead serious. What are we offering to God? We're giving him our leftovers? Because he's a worthy king. I will not offer unto God that which cost me nothing. And man, the anointing hit me. Normally I couldn't talk. Now this is another strange thing. I would get sidetracked in my thoughts. Maybe this happens to you a little bit when you get nervous. You start on one thing, you, you start on line A, and you end up on line E. And then somewhere in the middle, you're like, I need to get back over to A, and then you're over in C. Does that happen to anybody? Anybody can relate what I'm talking about? That's how it used to be for me. I couldn't talk a straight line. I mean, well, I'll tell you what, I talked a straight line that night. And Brother Hagemeister comes up, like, shocked. And he's like, wow, Lord really anointed our brother tonight, didn't he? And then I started asking God. I said, well, God, are you calling me to preach? And then he took me to Jeremiah chapter 1 where the Lord had called me to preach. But I would have never known. You see, you got whatever anointing you're at, you got to press into the next level. And then the last person that was anointed was the king. The kings were anointed. And that gave them authority and dominion over all of the power of the enemy. That's what the kings had. Now, this is not an all-inclusive message. I'm going to have to wrap this up because I have a lot more to say because this, this, this is a big topic. I could talk other times about how you can increase the anointing, how music increases, worship increases the anointing. I'm not going to talk about all that. I'm not going to even get into the, the, the next slide. I'm going to skip to the, to the last one in just a second. But listen to this. The king's anointing, Jesus is getting ready to send his disciples out. Here's what he says to him in Matthew 10 and verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them power to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. That's the king's anointing. Now, they hadn't had that up to then. All they'd seen is Jesus do it. Now, Pastor Eric, I want you to think about this, because I saw this on season three of The Chosen last night, actually. These guys, so now Jesus is getting ready, his disciples are going to send them out two by two. I don't know if you've seen this episode yet. Oh, well, it's in the Bible. So if you read, so if you read your Bible, you already know this story. Okay. So this is not a spoiler alert. Actually, the actual spoiler alert, it, it, it's in here. I didn't write it. So listen to this. These guys are sitting around. And Jesus says, I'm going to go back to Nazareth, okay, for a, for a time, and I'm going to send you out, two by two. He matches Simon the Zealot with Matthew the tax collector. I was like, whoa, that's bold, because they did not, would not have got along in the natural. But he's telling them this. He says, I'm sending you out. You're going to preach the good news. And they're like, well, what's the good news? Jesus said, anything you've heard me say, say that. And as you go, he said, I'm giving you power. Right here in this room, he's telling them this. I'm giving you power to drive out evil spirits. And they're like, okay, wait a minute. They're like, can we revisit this? So you're saying that I can drive out e evil spirits. And Jesus said, yes, in my name, you will drive them out. And another guy says, and you're saying that we can heal the sick? 
Yeah. Can you imagine that? They've never done that. Never done that. Total mind-blowing. And how is that possible? Because the anoint, Jesus now endorses that the anointing that's been upon me is now being put upon you. Now, everything I'm talking about, the anointing, if you don't care less about being used of God, you're not caring about this message at all. But I believe there's some of you in here that want to be used of God. And if you want to be used of God, what I'm telling you is your door in. You, you've been anointed. If you're saved already, you've been anointed as the cleansed leper. You need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're like, is that optional? Not if you want to be used of God. Yeah, you, you can go to heaven without talking in tongues, of course. But if you want to be used of God, trust me, every Baptist that gets on that mission field out there with guys like us, they realize there's something to this Pentecostal experience. Okay? Because they don't care what degree you got your, your what college you got your Demons don't care. What are you going to show them? Your doctorate from Dallas Theological Seminary? They don't care. Out there in Africa, they deal with, with evil spirits all the time. Okay, so you need the power of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you this. I'm not just talking Africa. I'm talking right now. I run into demonic people all the time, people that are demonized. And I know it, and they know it. It happened to me yesterday at Walmart. Lady full of demons, was she freaking out? No. But she's full of demons, and as we walked by, her head snapped. You know why? Because there's an anointing on me. They sense that. You can have that. And you can set people free if they want to be set free. If someone wants to keep their demons, keep them. But if you want to be set free, I can help you in the name of Jesus. Trust me, I can get you free. Believe that. I don't care what your addiction is. If you want to be free, see, not everybody wants to be free. That's why Jesus asked the guy at the pool of Bethesda, he says, do you want to be whole? Well, look, get up, take up your bed and walk. He got up and left. Not everybody wants to be free who's in a church. I'm going to say that again. Not everybody who's in a church this Sunday wants to be free. In fact, right now, as you're sensing the, let me just call it the heat turning up in this place right now. A lot of people, that makes them uncomfortable. They just want to come in, have a nice little thing. Don't challenge me, whatever. Listen, I'm going to tell you what, right now, I don't need to be controversial. I don't need to be challenging. This book and this Savior is controversial and challenging and cuts cross-grain to this God forsaken, sin-soaked culture that's chose to forsake God. And I'm here to say, flee the wrath to come. And if you're bound, I can get you free. I guarantee it. It ain't me. It ain't by power nor by might. But I'm going to tell you what, I got the anointing of the Holy Ghost and sure enough will destroy the yoke on you. You want to be free. Now let me, this is the, the whole reason I'm telling you this. Let's close with this, the very last slide and we're done. I got two points this message. You're like, what have you been preaching? That was my intro. Relax. These, there's not much of these points. It's basically two statements. Point number one, there's more than what you got. Well, then that brings me to my second point. 
thirst is first. Jesus said, if any man thirst, how thirsty are you? How thirsty are you? Okay, because I'm going to tell you what, I've seen thirsty people. A thirsty person, you're not going to like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. A thirsty person going to be in church every time that door is open. And I don't mean just, hey, look, I'm going to tell you, me and my wife, my mom can vouch for this. There's a church anywhere in a 20-mile radius of me that's got a service going on a night I'm not here. I'm there. I get, that's all I'm going to say about that. Why? Because I never know when the Holy Ghost is going to show up. Going to be a sudden thing. You know who else was like that? Evan Roberts in the Welsh Revival. I'm not looking to say, well, you know, man, dude, I was broken hearted when I found out I missed the summit. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, I'll, pa I'll pass on a potluck or two, but I ain't going to miss no prayer meeting. I'm not, because I never know when the suddenly is going to happen, because I'm constantly praying for that suddenly to come. And I, I will tell you this, I won't miss that suddenly. Whether it's here, whether it's down the road, whether it's up the hill, I don't care. I will be there when it happens. And if I miss it, I'll find out about it like that. I got a good sniffer for water. You know why? Because I'm thirsty. I'm 55, been in this my whole life, and I'm still thirsty. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me. Why? Because there's more in church. We need more. I'm telling you, hey, if California does not have a revival, we're doomed. All I can tell you is you better learn Mandarin. That's not a joke. That is not a joke. If California does not have a revival, we're through. As a state, we're not the only state that's through, but I'm going to tell you what, it's go time. If we think that we're going to, you know the only hope is? It's not running for office. It's not even for who you're voting for. Because if we've got the same things going on in our church, and this is for anybody who's watching as well, if we've got the same things going on in our churches as going up in, the, in, in Washington, D.C. and in Sacramento, what do we, what do, how are we going to judge them? Jesus, if we've got to pull the beam out of our own eye before we try and pull a splinter out of the unbeliever, they're just doing what comes normal for them. All this same-sex this and trans, they're just confused. They're messed up. If our gospel be veiled to any, it's, it's hidden to those whom the God of this age, Satan, has blinded their eyes. And what's the only thing to relieve blindness? We've got to get a red-hot, roaring fire in this place, and not just here, in every Pentecostal church in Amador County. I can't speak for the rest of California. That's too big for me to deal with, but I can deal with this. And I got a responsibility. Every one of you has a responsibility. You, you, you better understand that now, because guess what? The Bible says that the master is coming back to settle accounts with his servants. And you cannot be that one who stuck the, the talent God gave you in the ground. You think you're getting off, you're not. That person was cast into outer darkness. This, this, this is Bible I'm talking. This is gentle Jesus, meek and mild said that. So you better quit trying to hide your talent 
and better start saying, God, what can I do to advance your kingdom? And the first thing you need to do, you need to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. If you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you need to start praying in that heavenly language every day, moving on to the next thing. What does God have for me? Because God has, also has an anointing for every person in this room to speak his word. Because there's not enough speaking his word. We got, not, not our church, but, but a lot of churches in America and in California, they got preachers, they're not even preaching the Bible. So what's God going to do? He's going to look at who will go for me. What did Isaiah, what did God say to Isaiah? Who will go for me and whom shall I send? Isaiah said, I'll go. The Lord didn't say, well, no, no, you don't have a degree from Bible college. He said, cool, let's do this. Who'd he call to follow him? It wasn't the rabbis who, who had been through all the theological seminaries. It was fishermen. It would be like construction workers up here. It'd be like miners. Okay, like this 49er country, you know, they discovered, that was the kind of people. If Jesus was walking around when gold was discovered, he would have picked some of those toothless miners drinking down at the bar in Jackson. Will you follow me? Well, shoot, Lord, yeah, why not? I ain't got nothing else going on. That's the people he chooses, people like you sitting in this room. So it's time to answer the call. Listen, God is saying it's time to answer the call. We need a major uprising among the people of God. Anointed, full of the Spirit, full of the Word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Lord. Woo! Man, I preach myself happy if nobody got nothing. I hope you did get something. But if you didn't, I'm cool. I'm good, man. That's one thing about when the anointing's rolling in you, it's like a dynamo. You ever seen a dynamo, a generator, ramping up power? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, this day we give you our lives. Can we do that together? Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, listen, if you're here and you've not even received that leprous anointing yet, you've not committed your life to Jesus Christ. If you're here, if, it's, if, if you came into this place and you have not received what Christ did for you at the cross, and you have not yet committed your life to Jesus, as our hands are raised, I just want you to wave your hand. You've not done that yet. God bless you. Anybody else? Here's what I want us to do. We're, we're going to start, those of you that have already been born again, we're going to, for you, this is going to be a prayer of rededication. Or I would rather say reconsecration. You should consecrate yourself to the Lord every day. Say, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. So here's what we're going to say. Let's just offer ourselves to the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, let's say it together. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my life because you gave your life for me. I believe that what you did at the cross paid for my salvation. And I take you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart change my life and make me the person that you want me to be hallelujah hallelujah now listen if you're here this morning and maybe you've even received the baptism of the spirit maybe you haven't but you're saying i want more of god just just like listen now just, let's all stand because we're going to dismiss here in just a second 
But listen, if you're saying, I want more of God. If you're, in a, if you're thinking, I can't wait to get to Melon Phase, this is not for you. But if you're here and you're saying, I'm thirsty for more of God. I want a fresh touch from God. I'm going to anoint you with oil this morning up here in front. And I'm going to believe, listen, I believe God will touch you and refill you and recommission you. There's quite possible there are people in this room that there have God called you to something in earlier years and it's, it's kind of fallen to the ground. I'm going to tell you God wants to revive that because he needs you. This is the hour. This, man, I feel God's power all in my hands, boy. I feel like electricity. Listen, this is the hour. This is the hour you were born for. Okay? If there are people like that, you knew as a young person. Am I talking to you right now? In the back? Come forward, lady. Come forward. I want you to come forward to There may be others in here. God had his hand on you early on. I want you to minister to her. God had his hand on you, and you let it fall through your hands. And you're thinking it's over, it's too late, I'm too old, my life has changed, I can't get... If that's you, I want to tell you, that's a lie from the devil, man. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And if that's you, I want to tell you. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to say this. Pastor and I, we, we ne I'm going to tell you, He'll have to speak for himself. Let me speak for myself. I never hit it 100%. I've been in this my whole life. But if you, if you think that I've walked around with a silver, the silver spoon of morality and never made a mistake, you're wrong. But I do know this. God has picked me up every time I repented. Mm -hmm. Put me back on my feet and said, Steve, I need you. Listen, church, he needs you. It's time. And if that's you, you need what you want, you desire, you're thirsty for a fresh touch of God. I want you to make your way forward this morning. And we're just going to lay hands on you and pray for you and anoint you with oil. If that's you, come now as pastor's singing this. I'm going to meet you down here in front. Anybody here? <laughs> There's nothing worth more Thank you, Jesus. that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living Lord In your presence And I've tasted and seen The sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence, Lord. Sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come what this place fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. Be overcome by your presence, Lord. 
There's nothing worth more that would ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone In your presence, Lord And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Flood this place, fill the
glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of I just want to encourage you as you leave today, go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand where you're at. It's like what, what Steve was saying. You've got to be thirsty. You've got to be hungry. You've got to pursue. The good news is, is God is always pursuing us too. So I encourage you, get into the Bible study on Wednesday night. Call your friends. Get involved in prayer. Hungry for the Word. Keep seeking and keep pressing in. Keep looking for that anointing. And I guarantee you, God will always use a willing vessel. Amen? Let's be willing vessels here at Mount Zion Church. And God does never send you out alone. He always sends you with the power of His Holy Spirit. He is closer than a brother and he will go with you. If you have any questions or need anything, you can always count on Steve or I and, and Dennis. And there's so many other people in here who can help you. And we want to be here for you, pray for you, and walk in this journey with you. God bless you. I hope to see you Wednesday night. Have a great, great West week. Let's thank Steve again for bringing the word today. God bless you.